Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's a Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And it's a crazy duo kind of day here on the Microbrew Review. We've never done this before. This is episode 83. And though there have been two other times there were only two people on the podcast, it was always me and Jason. So we're about to find out whether or not this is a... Can the beer mistress and the professor get along? (laughs) Will they interrupt each other continuously? Likely. Except for right now. All right. So today had to happen, even though there were only two of us, because there were so many glorious stories going on, because... Philly Beer Week has officially begun. Hoorah. Uh, I have yet to embrace any of the Philly Weird Beer Week events. Philly Weird Beer Week? <laughs> well, that could be an event next year, actually. Should be. We'll run it. There's enough weird beers made nowadays. You could totally make a weird beer. Sure could. In fact, the one I had yesterday was conceivably weird, but delicious. So I am unfortunately unable to do anything on weekends right now because of performing that I am doing, which I'll tell you all about later. You should start with that since uh, the beverage that we're going to start with. Touche. That makes a lot of sense. So I am currently performing in the New Jersey Renaissance Fair, which I know I had told you guys a little bit more about back in the day when I was talking about rehearsing for the female singing group. And this was opening weekend. It was pretty glorious in terms of the weather. It was great for an outdoor festival. It was 75 and sunny, and we had record crowds. My voice held up, surprisingly. But one of the new venues this year... Thank you, sir. One of the new venues this year that we've never had there before in their five years of existence is a pub stage. So there's a stage behind the wine tasting where you can buy a bottle of wine, go back, and watch some... Entertainment. Adult only humor. We're not allowed to say the word adult entertainment in a phrase because it sounds like people will be taking off their clothes. The vice might be uh, showing up, see what you guys are doing. Right. So we can say, you know, a more adult show or um, an asterisk show. For mature audiences. Yes. All of those things are all right. 18 and over. So of course. Talking about taking off clothes. At some point, I had to taste the wine. And it ended up happening perfectly because I met a patron and he was walking in a particular direction. And I said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to Valenzano's to taste the wine. I said, amazing. What are we going to get? And his retort was, there's a new wine that they offer that has hops in it. And as we were waiting in line, because the crowds get kind of deep, I said, what kind of hops is it? And he looked at me a little cross-eyed and I said, well, I have to be honest. I hope it's a citrus hop. Citra would be best, but I would take a Centennial, I would take a Cascade, please no Simcoe. And he looks at me like, I don't know what any of those words mean. Words and stuff. I said, what kind of wine is it? And he goes, white. It's like, amazing. Good start. So we got up to the front of the line and I asked the wine master, he's not the guy who made it, but you know, he's the one who is the proprietor of wine. And he goes to pour me a sample. The wine prietor. Yes. <laughs> so I said, same questions. What kind of hops is it as he's pouring it for me? And he goes, it's Citra. And I did a very, very happy dance. And I get it within two or three inches of my nose when I say, and what variety of 
wine is it? And he goes, it's Chardonnay. And I sort of do a spit take without even having taken a sip. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I have to be honest with you. I don't drink Chardonnay for anyone. But this seems like a case in which I now have to bend my own rule. Twice in one day. That's true. I did only have a sip for the sake of our listeners. I wanted to keep it kind of fresh. But it was also, you know, warm and two sips in the middle of my day. So we are now drinking Chardonnay infused with citra hot pellets. Not really um, a beer. <laughs> Not a beer. But also the first wine I've ever seen that had that has hops, hops in, in it. it. So I felt like it was definitely... And as their label says, they said, why don't we try putting hops in here? And so they did. <laughs> So it wasn't exactly a science, maybe? Who knows? It definitely has hops on the nose. Yes, and uh, very much that uh, tropical fruit, which I'm not used to getting from a Chardonnay. Not at all. Uh, And I will say that I don't drink hardly any whites at all, uh, let alone Chardonnays. Uh, However... I also don't have your vehement dislike of Chardonnays. I think that they're just a wine like any other white, and they're all equally repugnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I find this to be uh, interesting and not terrible. I'll second that. I think that the Chardonnay is not oaked. I think if they had oaked it, you would it not... It doesn't have that buttery quality uh, that I'm used to from especially the Chardonnays that you tend to despise the most. And I think that if they had oaked it, the hops the are so must subtle. Have done something to it. Yeah. So it's it's nice. It's not for being white and being cold. It really doesn't have any sort of bubble or crispness to it. It's it does have a little like what lemon maybe peach. Notes. I would say peach more than a lemon. I'm wondering if that's. All right, Valenzano's, for those of or you like who did mango or something, maybe want to run and Google it. I can get mango. Valenzano is in New Jersey, the heart of American wine country. I'm Deep being in the facetious. heart of Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. Tap, 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 tap. They also do make a Jersey Devil honeymead and a blueberry honeymead that I have heard are quite good. I believe even Verlin bought a couple bottles last year. Which, um,. What was it two years ago, I guess, when they started there? Uh, we indulged at a at lunch. Somebody showed yes. up the bottle. That was Curtis Duke. Do you remember what it was? It was... The Honeymead? Yes. Yeah. It's that sweet. about right. It's very sweet. But, uh, but nice. all mead is... Or most mead, I should say. So I, I do like... Valenzano's good at what they do. I would like this a little colder, I think. Well, that's uh, our own we fault. Only, yeah, we didn't, we didn't chill it properly before serving. Um, but it does have, I would say, a very drinkable flavor. Wow. That's one of the nicest things you ever said to me. Wow. Or about a white wine. About anyway. a white wine, for sure. <laughs> I would say that we were at Tria the other day and I let them pick. And I had some whites that I've really did. Yeah, you had three altogether, right? And you kind of enjoyed the first one. Which I ordered, and then the next sure. two that they brought me, which is my own. It's, I'm well, just like that's, you. That's, that's part my of the doing. fun and part of the, uh, the whole situation is it's a great way to try new stuff, is to say, hey, and they have some really funky stuff that they bring onto their menus, which I like. And sometimes I hate the funky stuff that they bring on, but I'm glad <laughs> I had the opportunity to taste it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I know you're a little not pleased with the uh, second two options that you had that day. 
One of them was very... Uh, that really, really yellow one that was very The second thick. one, or the third one, rather. The final final wine. It was very, yeah, viscousy and kind of funky in like a like an old old world kind of way. I don't like those old world wines as much. I much prefer the fruit forward, uh, juicy, jammy, uh, the Malbecs, the Torontos. It also like came that. through differently, I think, because it was a funky old world wine that was white. That was white, yeah. You don't get a lot of that. They're normally uh So I think there's brighter. definitely a time and a place for it. And in the right situation, I might have thought it was pretty cool. Sure, I'm paired with whatever... the right food, too. Um, which is a nice segue if uh, we can wrap up a little bit there we can obviously come back um but i had the opportunity yesterday to go to tria tap room for their philly beer week opening event which they had with uh voodoo brewing company which i had no idea they were a pennsylvania brewing company i was just about to ask i asked three or four people uh, today and nobody from knew meadville i believe that's funny which is ironic we're right back to me uh, unless i'm forgetting their name uh, of the town but they are from uh from pennsylvania i think they're probably closer to pittsburgh uh just from the conversation i had with their brewer uh but they are the makers of the big black voodoo daddy which was mentioned on episode 81 very recently yeah just a couple episodes ago i'm um, really sorry guys but they all start to run together number sure wise do. after a while i don't even know what number this is except 83 <laughs> um so the Big Black Voodoo Daddy was uh, a beer that we talked about. It's an imperial stout, and they age it in Pappy Van Winkle bourbon barrels. Which, in case you're a beer drinker who is maybe not a bourbon drinker... Um, don't drink this beer and save it for me instead. Oh, but I was going to say, could you tell <laughs> us maybe a little bit about why that bourbon's uh, awesome? I would say that Pappy Van Winkle is probably the most sought-after bourbon in America right now. Is it kind of like the heady making up that statistic? The heady topper of bourbon or something? Sure, uh, especially like they actually they don't make enough of it uh, because they can't. There's been a lot of interesting articles about bourbon recently, but they were uh, um, a distiller who basically went out of business, but then was purchased by a larger distillery, uh, and then kind of brought back their recipes, and they're now able to operate and make their product again. Uh, so Pappy Van Winkle, probably within the past 10 years, kind of started showing up. Same with, you know, bourbons in general got much more popular. Uh, and this one just took the world by storm. Uh, they have a family reserve, which I believe is 23 years aged. Wow. And it's like something like $400 a bottle retail and... Plenty of people are buying them and reselling them. They also had an interesting incident where somebody stole from their warehouse, like, pallets of it. Uh, Subtle. Yeah, but they never found out who it was. Really? So somebody's sitting on a warehouse of, of Pappy, and they're either dedicated drinkers, and they will always have Pappy for life, or they're selling it on the black market uh, of bourbon. But anyhow... The interesting thing about bourbon is you, by law, are only allowed to use the barrels once. And then oftentimes they'll resell them to whiskey companies or... Uh, brewers? Brewer, Yeah, well, yes, brewers. Um, but it's interesting as well because a lot of brewers 
well, a lot of bourbon companies, especially the higher end ones, don't want to sell their barrels necessarily because they don't necessarily want their name associated with whatever beer that guy might make. That makes sense. Because uh, it is. that That's their brand. That's something that they need to back up. And there's no way to guarantee that it's a good that brewery. That it's going to be a good brewery. Uh, and so the uh, the brewers at Voodoo, they, um, they just drove down there basically and said, hey, you got any barrels? And they were able to get a couple. And so they made this Imperial Stout and they aged it for 18 months in this Pappy Van Winkle barrel. Uh, and that's the big black voodoo daddy that they made that I craved so bad. And as soon as I saw that they were pouring it at Tria, I had to be there. He took off work. <laughs> yes, I got coverage and said I, I had work to do. So I had somebody cover my shift. And uh, Tria started serving it at 2. It was from 2 to 5 was their event. I'm assuming that they started pouring a little earlier than that. Because when I arrived there at like 2.06, there was 80% of the keg left. Wow. The new tap room they have their... Uh, they have the amount of keg percentage left, and uh, it tracks it all as you pour it. Uh, and I was there until 5 o'clock, and am pleased to say that I had at least four of these 12%. You said at least four because your mind is a little funny? Yeah, after that, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but when I left, there were only uh, 39% of the keg was left. Nice. So in the course of three hours, many... Many big black voodoo daddies were poured and enjoyed by uh, by the bar folk. So tell us what it tasted like. Uh, it was glorious. It was so worth the wait. Um, it really, I mean, it was a really nice, rich imperial stout, but the, I won't say the highlight, but the predominant flavoring and uh, the showcase of it, I would say, was the Pappy Van Winkle that they they aged it in so it really did come through yeah and i was talking with the brewer and he said look you know you can you can kind of do anything with these and he's like i aged it in bourbon barrels because that's i wanted the bourbony boozy flavor and he says a lot of my critics basically say oh it's too big it's too boozy it's too blah 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 and he's like sure but i do that on purpose and i thought it was phenomenal like it i love bourbon so to have bourbon and this stout i was just like oh well, like, it was like having your bourbon and chasing it with a stout, <laughs> which is, I can't imagine why anyone would do that all the time. That's a great double fisting Well, I did talk to Sabra, who was at the event with you. Correct. She did enjoy it for what it was, but her feedback was that she doesn't like Imperial Stouts. Like, just it's just a too big, meaty of flavor sure. on its own. And she does love bourbon, um, but I think... She's also newer loved to bourbon. True. Very true. Though she's got a very good whiskey palette. She does. So it's not like it's too intimidating. But she just said it was too boozy for her. And I don't know. Was it boozy on the nose and the flavor? Or was it... Um, yes. Okay. And some people, when they think beer, they don't think boozy and flavor. That could just be... And when I think bourbon, like, I mean, I drink my bourbon neat. I'll pour myself two fingers of it. And I'll sit and sip it. And it's it's very boozy. Because it's straight bourbon. Right. Um, and it smells very boozy. Sometimes it like burns the nostril hairs because it's alcohol. Um, but, and I didn't find it, it wasn't that overwhelming. It wasn't like fuming um, off the glass or anything. But I would, I would continue to drink that. So, also, the price point was awesome. It was like $7. 
Well, it looked like they were pretty small pores. Oh, I'd already had a number of sips before I took that first Oh, photo. did you? Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I would say it was a, a fairly standard 10-ounce uh, pour, probably. Can I ask you a very difficult life question? I forget. <laughs> what would you choose as a preference over Big Black Voodoo Daddy or Double Citra? Bringing it back to the citra hops in our wine right That's now. That's not fair, and you know the reasons why. They're two so vastly different. They sure are, which is why I didn't say, like, which one do you like better? You can pick whatever your excuse Well, I've had the Big Black Voodoo Daddy more recently, so I have uh, the flavors a little clearer in my mind. I do remember how much I loved the double citra. It was so long ago, though, and I've had so many beers since then that I might have to just pick the Big Black Voodoo Daddy simply because I wouldn't want to be disappointed by the Double Citra after all these years. Uh, if I were to two, now find Two out. years. Whatever. A, do you know how many beers I've had in those two years? I don't want to think about it. I don't know how many, but I can probably guess it's in the high hundreds easily. 85 podcasts times three beers a podcast plus your social life. Yeah. So... I'm going to go with the Big Black Voodoo Daddy, and it was awesome. Which is only surprising because you're a man who loves IPA. I also love Imperial Stout. That's like, those are the two beers I love. Those are my two favorite styles, hands down. I like double double IPAs, and I like Imperial Stouts. So, and I like bourbon. Something for all weather. True. Although I found that I've been enjoying Stouts in the summertime as well. I'm all right with this. I have, um, and I know that we unfortunately couldn't get any today, basically due to a lack of planning, uh, but I have found that I do enjoy the Dirt Wolf every now and again from Victory. And that is a double IPA, but one every now and again. It, sure. It's one of those moments of, oh yes, I, I do like IPA, I'm just a little tired of it, and that's why I don't want a second one. I can never get tired of it. It's too good. There was an amazing moment the other night where I poured myself a Weyerbacher Merry Monks, which is a triple, and Jason poured himself a uh, Flower Power uh, by Ithaca, and they were in identical glasses. So he was helping me troubleshoot something on the computer, and we were both like moving fluidly around the living room, and at one point... He picked up my drink and I picked up his and I took one sip and I was like, ah! like ah, this is and not the droid I was expecting. He apparently did not see my reaction because not 30 seconds later he picked up my drink and took a sip and was like, <laughs> and they're both really good beers, but especially when you're expecting something, it's so shocking to your system. The mind is so powerful sometimes. Um, I'm fairly certain I mentioned this before, but at one point I accidentally picked up somebody else's coffee beverage uh, at my Starbucks that I work at, but I was fully expecting to taste my beverage, so I actually did taste my beverage for the first like second of the sip or quarter second or whatever, and I was very certain that I had had the right drink because they both looked the same, they were both in the same size cup, and it was through a straw, it was an iced beverage. And then, like, the reality of the flavors hit my tongue. But my mind had tricked myself into thinking that it, it was the correct thing, uh, which is just incredible. And maybe I was just exhausted. Uh, but I found it... I, I, I was mesmerized by this. I was astounded by the fact that I just took a sip of something that was 
not at all similar to what I was drinking, and I tasted my drink first because I wanted to, because I was expecting to. I just thought it was really cool. (laughs) The most, yes. It's a little bit, probably a little sleep delirium and a little bit of, you know, mind over matter. And at that moment, your mind was stronger than your taste buds. Um, I was pleased because I had not had Merry Monks in a long time. And I'm pretty sure the last time I had it was probably on draft. And I liked it so much more than I remembered. I, I remember liking it. Sure. Um, but it's one of those where we are spoiled by so many great Belgian triples that I always end up thinking, oh, it's kind of a local company. And I know Weyerbacher's good at what they do, but is it as good as I remember? And, and then I don't order it because it's local and I can get it anytime. You can get it anytime, right. Uh, but I just bought a case of the big beers. Um, and that was the first thing I wanted to go for. But I just realized... It Not was... the double Simcoe? <laughs> Not the you double that for May? Simcoe. Uh, yeah, and I'm out of gins, so it's going to sit for a while. Ooh, I forgot about the double gin coes. Oh, I wonder what else you would do with it. Drink, drink it? it. Oh, it's delicious. I don't know. If you really, if you wanted to turn the tables on me and put my feet to the fire and say, like, which would you rather drink, Chardonnay or something high in Simcoe hops, it would... Oh. I think you'd go with the Chardonnay, to be honest, especially if it was unoaked. If it was unoaked, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> if it were oaked, I would be like a lesser of the evil situation, and no matter what, I probably wouldn't love it. What's up next, sir? We're going to move on. It's kind of a, a hodgepodge podcast. Oh, but I'm ching. stupid. You're um, no Cousin Max, what can I say? No, thank God. And Richley is on... I was going to say the beaches of Florida, but he's not. He's at Disney World right now. <laughs> uh, we're going with Bell's Two-Hearted, which, quite frankly, I'm amazed it's taken us this long to feature on a podcast. Uh, it is... In my mind, it's one of the best single IPAs out there. And we do serve it first course at our beer dinner sometimes. Sure do. For um, good reason. More when... Because we also serve the Ballast Point mm-hmm. Sculpin. Oh, the delicious Sculpin. I, well, I was about to give my opinion, but I should take another sip before I do. Are we cheersing or switching? Switching, because you, you... Heavier pour, no doubt. Yes. I'll take it. Okay. I can say it and mean it now. Um, I think Ballast Point's a better beer. The, the Sculpin. Sculpin, sorry. Yeah, but that's not it's... their... It's not their Big Eye IPA. This is better right. than the Big Eye IPA. That I believe. And, and I wouldn't is... have known that until we did the beer dinner right. at Kildare's. But I think this I would is... put those on par. Like, the this is the equivalent of the Big Eye. And then is Sculpin their hop slam? Sure. Like a double IPA yeah. high in hops? That I can see. And I think that's part of the difference when we're when we're building menus is how how much someone is willing to deal with the stronger beers or are they beer lovers or are they beer novices and you know we don't really want to come out swinging well especially with a strong ipa if they're uh say newer to the style or newer to beer in general uh ipas as we've mentioned time and again can be very overwhelming they're not really the beginner beer they're kind of the wise learned man beer the veterans um which is only interesting to me because i was out last night and had a great conversation with just a random friend and a second friend who's a bartender and my random friend will be pouring beer this summer 
beer and only beer at the Swashbuckler Brewing Company. Oh, wonderful. But she is gluten intolerant, so she cannot try any of the beer. So how, she... do, we, how do we feel about that? <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Okay. <laughs> uh, but because she's gluten intolerant and realizing that she's not super well versed in beer, she asked me if she sends me their beer list, can I write up descriptions of each beer and like comparables? So, you know, this is a stout. It's sort of like this. Or if someone asks me... yes, but I also need samples of all of these beers? Well, no. I don't love most swashbuckler beers. Fair enough. Um, and I've tried most of them at one point or another. Though I'm not sure how consistent they are because they get new brewers. I was going to say, don't they tend to uh, go through brewers pretty quickly? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so, I think Verlin should do it. Oh, don't you think? <laughs> I think it He's would be in the area. He likes maybe good for Swashbuckler. I'm not sure it would be good for Verlin. <laughs> I feel like he would have to have complete autonomy mm-hmm. and just be like, uh-uh, this is how it's happening. <laughs> I told her yes. I should add the caveat of send us over some samples. Um, but at the same time, the friend who was sitting there listening to this conversation, who is a bartender, said, well, just know this. If someone says, I like something hoppy, it probably means they don't know anything about beer. (laughs) Because I really feel like nowadays, if someone wants to impress you with their craft beer knowledge, it's what they lead with, because they don't know what any of the other flavors in beer are, but they can recognize hops. That's true. Interesting. Um, I want to go back real quick and say that, while I think this is one of the best IPAs, I don't necessarily think it is the best. Um, And I would... Is Flower Power a single or a double? I believe Flower Power is a single. Because it's only 7%. Yeah. I think like only. 7% is generally a, a single IPA. Uh, but I love Flower Power. And more importantly, there is a bar that I sometimes frequent uh, just down the road. It's a real kind of Irish pub, you know. On the uh, main line? I hardly believe yeah. it. Yeah. Shocking, I know. For those of uh, you who don't know, every three... <laughs> Steps, not even three blocks. Every three steps, there's another Irish, Irish pub, pub on the main line. Uh, but they consistently carry Bell's Two Hearted, and then they've recently started to carry the Lagunitas IPA, just a regular IPA, um, just as regularly. So the two are often running concurrently, and I'll always go for the Lagunitas. It's an interesting choice, though. The two single IPAs, both pretty distinct at the same time. Yeah. Um, but Bell's, I mean, Bell's has been doing it longer, I'm pretty sure. And they have quite a reputation for making a lot of really awesome beers. So what do we think of this? I like it. It's not particularly inspiring. It's, you know what it is? If you had given it. It's eminently drinkable though. I think that's a very, if you had given it to me two hours ago. When I had just finished my 10 hour outdoors in the sun, it would Uh, be about perfect probably. There's quenching. Not too strong. It's not a lager. Right. Oh, you know, or it's not a pilsner, but it's something that you can just like, you can sit down and really enjoy this beer. And it's, you know, there's not a lot, like you said, there's not a lot going on with it. It seems very basic. And even the hop notes are not overwhelming. And maybe that's because I'm just so used to double and triple IPAs and whatnot. But. So during my Renaissance Fair adventures yesterday, I met a Russian gentleman named Igor. Because why not? Is this a real story? Yes. <laughs> cool. And uh, 
he kept asking me where the beer was, to which I said, you know, we don't have beer. We have wine and we also have mead. Beer is the wine of my country. (laughs) Isn't that a song from a musical? I don't really do musicals. Really? Really. Weren't you talking about Tangled or something? Um, I was. It's awesome. But that's not the same as like going to the theater and watching. Well, that's fair. But certainly a lot of the songs become mainstream and catchy. Sure, especially if you listen to the Pandora song of show tunes like Jason <laughs> is known to do. He jumped at the chance when I said, well, we don't have wine, but we have mead. He's like, mead, mead, that's beer. That means the same thing. And I said, no, sir, it does not. He goes, yes, mead is beer. Mead is not beer. Mead is na- made nothing like beer. And I just, and I was in character, so I was speaking in my upper class British accent and whatever, but he got me a little fired up. And I said, you know, meat is made from honey and beer is made from barley and hops and water and yeast. And I, there were some men who just started applauding as so I went. So mead's not really a wine either, though, is it? it? It's a fermented honey beverage. So it's kind of like cider. I suppose. Where It's like people will put cider in a beer category, whereas people will put mead in a wine category. Yeah, so even though n- both of them are technically not those things. This is leading into... The conversation I had today with the winemaker, I'm sorry, what do we decide to call him? A wine proprietor? Yes, he doesn't make it. Um, I asked him, you know, hey, this came up yesterday. You know, what's your official take on it or what do you say when people ask? And of course, because he wants to sell me things, he does not say, mead is not beer. Instead, sure. he says, oh, well, if we made mead the way you're supposed to make mead, it would actually ferment so long that it would start to carbonate and it would not be so thick and sort of, you know, Wait, viscous this is something I as want we're to drink. used to. He said, so, I mean, if you let mead be what mead was meant to be, it would be much, that? much more similar in body to beer. Let's do that. But since they're winemakers, they cut it off so that it's consistent and they don't want it to Bastards. carbonate in the thing. Well, I, I have never had mead that encompassed that description before well i know verlin makes mead but he must cut it off early as well verlin what do you do <laughs> carbonated i want to try it why are you looking at the sky like verlin because lives- that's where verlin is <laughs> just shout out to the heavens and hope that he can hear me verlin is the, verlin. the god of he's the gamberness of are you listening verlin i summon you with a beer wine mead challenge We'll have to do some more research. Cool. I don't want to take one wine proprietor's word on it that that's actually what meat is. I don't know. He threw hops in a beer. Wine. Whatever. <laughs> wow. Apparently that uh, hop wine went right to your brain. Hop right in my brain. Oh. I must say that I could not tell that it was a citra hop. Maybe some of what we were tasting when we were saying the fruit flavors that we picked up. Definitely. That could be some of it. But... It's not, you know, that maybe grapefruity or... No, I think it came out more in that kind of passion fruit uh, flavor. I don't think that was the Chardonnay. I think that was more the Citra Hop. I agree. Imminently drinkable, that's what I'll give you. But a half is enough for me. It's just a great solid go-to beer, I think, as far as being like, oh, you know, I could really use an IPA. Or not even an IPA. It's just like, I want a thirst-quenching, reliable... Not overwhelming. It's not going to be like, oh, what are the uh, crazy notes hidden in here? It's just a really good IPA. I must tell our listeners that we have recently discovered 
a great new way to fill up your fridge. With growlers. Well, that too. But we threw a Memorial Day party. And for once, we didn't, you know, take it overboard. We weren't making gourmet food. And we let other people bring stuff too. It's very basic. So it was, so it's a little more it's like, like a, Bell's. a traditional all-American Memorial Day barbecue. But obviously we had a bunch of beer to start. And then so many people brought beer that by the end of the night, because it's the Monday and they have to work tomorrow and they don't want to stay up all night. We definitely went away with quite a fair amount of beer. We ended with a nice little collection. It was a, a nice bonus as a, now I don't have to go for groceries to fill up the fridge. <laughs> I'll just drink my calories instead. Talked about it. Really considered the beer diet. I want to do that. I want to try the beer fast. Sorry, I'm thinking through the logistics. <laughs> it's three beers a day. No food. I I mean, I read it, or I, I read about it, and then I saw the Fox News special on it, which, yeah. you know, saying the words Fox News really does tickle my tongue. Takes away somehow. a lot of the... Uh, Credibility? It sure does. I don't know. I guess it works. We've seen it work for hundreds of years with monks. Exactly. They know what's up. I'm just wondering how functionable I would be driving to and from work or sitting at my desk trying to type. Functionable? Sure. Words and stuff. Clearly not very. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't let me near the public. I just had beer for lunch. Well, that's okay. I often have beer for lunch. I feel like I do a better job with life afterwards. So I'm pretty excited about our last beer. I'm a little bit more... Reticent? Blasé. I believe that. You exist in blasé. I do my best. (laughs) Well, part of it was we had Valenzano's from New Jersey. We had a Weyerbacher from Pennsylvania. And... No, no. Why am I talking about Wirebucker? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> we were talking about the Merry Monks that uh, you had earlier. That's what it was. We had Bells from Michigan. Sorry, folks. Bells too hearted. Kalamazoo! And now we're on to Victory, a local beer. But it is much more to my liking of style than it is to Ian's. Tis the Golden Monkey Triple Ale. Brewed with spices, 9.5%. Um... I think this might be more of what I wanted after that hot day of work. I could be wrong. Let me taste it first. Fair enough. So, I do like a good triple. And like I've said, I've also been on a little bit of an anti-triple kick lately. I hope you outgrow that soon. Kick. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with myself, to be honest. Because for the longest time, you were... I was, I was a Belgian guy. It's like what I drank. A I, Belgian Irish I went, guy, anyway. I was always drinking... Pretty much any Belgian I could get my hands on until I found IPAs. And now that's all I crave. It's amazing that you found, like, quality imported Belgians before you found West Coast IPAs. And then once I did, I was like, eh, these Belgians, whatever. (laughs) From a guy who pretty much doesn't even want to go to the West Coast. No, I don't. I can drink their product here. Uh, That's a lovely head on that beer, though. I thought you did a great pour. It's, like, perfectly white. Oftentimes, there's a lot of color that comes out in it. Really nice and fluffy. Mm-hmm. Large bubbles, though. Not just. Sometimes I think when it's the small bubbles, it's more creamy. Um, well, I did have to split pour. Well, I appreciate you taking that one for the team because you know how much I like it when there's 
just a nice little layer up there that's true dude i do know what do you like about this beer i don't know um i do not like this beer as much as mary monks if we're going to compare local triple to local triple sure um what do you like about triples i guess it meets all of my white wine needs in a beer it's crisp it's clean it's refreshing um a lot of the white wines i drink have even that little bit of effervescence to them these are a little extra it's closer to champagne in some ways um i just find it's so satisfying yeah yeah and it's a complete flavor from start to finish very very rarely do i have a triple that just you know dies there's no it's unlikely to <laughs> at get least down. ones that we continuously order well there's that it's unlikely i'm going to get the watery finish it's unlikely you're not going to get the the stiff peaks and valleys so what do you think about allagash triple i love to poach my cherries in it but it's not I mean, they. I would say that they do the best Belgian beers. Better than Oma Gang? I would say so. Okay. Personally. Uh, I prefer Allagash to Oma Gang. I do as well, but I sort of found them both at the same time. Yeah, and I actually, I really like Oma Gang's uh, Hennepin, um, which is their Saison? I believe so. It's a perfect summer beer. Yeah, and it's just really, really solid. And I also like just the the tap handles and the label art and the flavor of it it's all very nice they do a good job with that one especially um they have their double which i just don't like doubles no nah, doubles and quads aren't my speed every yeah. once in a while i'll find a, depending on what i'm eating doubles are like too dark and quads are too raisiny yes also dark but i could like get behind that because it's closer to a stout or a barley wine well it is barley wine but the triple in the middle. I do like the triple. Light, light and crisp. and It's got even a minerally quality to it. I do like that. Maybe that's what I mean by refreshing in a way. Like you just open like. the bottle of... Rock. Aquafina. <laughs> it's nice and Crisp cold. mountain spring. Yes. What have you started to dislike about triples? I think the sweetness. So the older I get, the less I crave sugar. And I especially don't crave it in its dessert form anymore. Uh, when I was young, I would eat candy for days. Although I still preferred, I always preferred like gummies and sours and stuff to chocolates and, and decadent sweets. Not that I didn't love those as well. Uh, but now I joke with people and I say that I get all my sugar from beer that my body craves. I don't find this sweet at all. I do. I find there's a lot of lingering sweetness just sticks around in my mouth and i'm not saying i don't like it i'm just saying i like don't want to drink two or three of them sure but how often do we drink two or three of the same of anything i mean i often drink two or three of the same style if not the same sure. company sure. i'll have an ipa and then i'll have an ipa and then i'll have an ipa but each ipa has a different body and a different hot balance and a different everything else i just think uh there's something about the way that this like coats my mouth Fair and enough. i would say the uh golden monkey in particular is probably my least favorite of the available ipas or uh <laughs> triples whether they're imported or domestic 
Of everything in your fridge right now, which is quite varied, this is what I would most like to drink. Which is fine. Um, you've always got at least one IPA in there now. Sometimes two, perhaps sometimes a stout. three. Yes. <laughs> um, you've had. I will give you uh, accolades where accolades are due. You've had a very nice array of saisons lately. I think it's. Have I? Well, that's more for the uh, the growlers. Well, sure, but when you got a growler beer. Yeah. And it's certainly uh, worth having. And I think the growlers kind of fill my immediate beer desire need along with the very affordable pricing that goes with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I have, you know, I'll go in there and they have, what, maybe 18 taps? Uh, and they'll feature eight of them will be for the uh, half price. I'm surprised so. how many. I always thought it would be like three you had to choose Right, from. and like the worst three. <laughs> uh, but they, they have really solid ones. I think they they had Bell's Too Hearted on there. Um, they had the Founders Commodore. They'll do the Founders Breakfast Stout. So it's not just like, oh, this is uh, the cheapest, lowest ABV beer. They'll have a really nice selection there, which is nice. So I would like to take this moment, and I know that I have told you some kind of ridiculous stories about the New Jersey Renaissance Fair, but because the Go reception, get some mead. yeah, the reception has been so awesome lately when we've uh, thrown contests or given away goodies, that I would like to do it again. We're giving away our goodies, folks. So. <laughs> just doesn't sound appropriate, does it? Well, I feel like maybe it's okay when I say goodies, but it's a little awkward when you say goodies. <laughs> Did I just overthink that? Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, so today is Tuesday, June 3rd, and the New Jersey Renaissance Fair only runs for one more weekend, so June 7th and 8th, 2014, in case you're listening to this thousands of years from now. So if you would like to enter to win two tickets to the New Jersey Renaissance Fair, where you can come try the hop wine and you can come enjoy the jersey devil honeymead which is called bine and vine by the way i think it's quite i mentioned that so b-i-n-e bine let me double check but yes yes excellent which i guess is like beer wine and vine i don't know i made that up I can ask next week. Please do. All right. So follow us on Twitter. I'm at Beer Mistress. At Dashing underscore Rogue. And at Facebook.com slash Dashing Rogue. And you can enter to win from today, Tuesday, June 3rd, until Friday. We will pick a winner on Friday. Friday by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Because if you're really flying in from California for the New Jersey Fair. We will get you tickets anyhow. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. If you're dying to we see it that proof, bad, um, we will submit a tweet for you to retweet. That is one way to enter. And the other thing that we will do is put up a Facebook status. I will try to find an appropri- appropriately embarrassing photo of myself in costume. Nice. Uh, if you comment on that, we will pick a winner. So two tickets to this weekend's New Jersey Renaissance Fair, June 7th and 8th in beautiful Bordentown in New Jersey at Liberty Lake Day Camp and they have will call so no worries it's not like we have to get them to you beforehand they'll just be waiting under your name cool I like giveaways 
And I heard you might even be coming out this weekend. I sure might. I'm hoping to come out there on Saturday. And if you are a loyal listener of the podcast, you know how much we rave about our fantastic homemade glass. Jay will be there. Jay, our Selling homemade glass. You can even watch him make it. You can buy it right there. Well, you can't take it home, though. Well, you can't take it home if he makes it that day, but he has a lot of stuff ready to be And I will say that he ships wonderfully. I ordered a glass two or three years ago, and it would not be ready by the time the uh, show was over, and he mailed it to me, and it arrived perfectly intact. It is the glorious, large, bespeckled goblet that I often drink from on this very podcast. Oh, it holds so much beer. It really does. Uh, it, like he was making it and i like it just kept getting bigger and i was like okay i'm i'm not gonna say no that's kind of what made me think maybe it's time for a pitcher as i realized that the mug he made me last year was so Pretty much big was a pitcher that if he just put like a mouth on it it would have been a pitcher so why not just own it from the get-go sure and it can be still i wonder if he could do like some nice glass stirrers too i think he has that, I would imagine. like just sitting out ready to go all right, so now is a point in the podcast where I will ask, which one was your favorite? Interesting. Um, I'm going to go with the Bine and Vine. I liked the wine, too! I uh, did Just expect- for its novelty, and I do think that it really uh, showcased some solid flavors. It wasn't uh, overly sweet. It wasn't buttery. It was very fruit-forward, very fresh. I think it was perfect for a hot summer day. Uh, which this is not quite, but I could really see myself enjoying it on a day like that. Um, and props to them for trying something new and crazy. So well, bonus and- points. Um, obviously, I still love the Bells Too Hard, as I mentioned, time and again. Uh, so that would be my, my C. And I'm going to give the F to uh, <laughs> to the Golden Monkey. I will... Give it the caveat that, yes, we have had the Too Hard and we have had the Golden Monkey before. So our palettes being what they are, perhaps we appreciate the novelty sure. of the Bine and Vine. But I also agree. Only I would go Bine and Vine A, Golden Monkey C. And no offense, Bells, because I do truly love what you do. But sorry, folks. I can't even say it. It sounds so awful. I can't F. give an F to- F. Ah, Don't do it. I did it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and bearing with our two-person podcast. Verlin, hit us back. Let us know if you can carbonate some mead and make it less syrupy. Or, because Ian likes to talk to you in the clouds, you can just smite him or smote him or something to get his attention. Yeah. Smote me? I don't think you can smote me. In the meantime, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter to enter to win tickets for this weekend. It's going to be another weekend of great weather. You don't want to miss it. I got nothing to follow that up with. Awesome. It's been great. Until next time, this is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. Thanks so much for joining us.